0: (laughs) Hi! I'm Maria. I'm Shadio. And I'm Amber. We're from Jerusalem. We're the producers of the Women Behind the Wall podcast.
1: This podcast features stories of how the political seeps into the private lives of people in Israel and Palestine, and how women experience the conflict.
0: These narratives give you a glimpse into the lives of women with deep hopes and aspirations. Most of the women interviewed live in the West Bank. They're women behind the wall. We hope you stay a bit, listen to their stories, and hear the messages they hope you'll hear. Today on Women Behind the Wall, we hear from Hind, a Palestinian Christian from the Bethlehem area, and her daughter Leali. They share how the occupation affects them in their daily lives, how they long to be reunited with family, and how they wish for freedom of movement. Listen to Hind and Layali as they share about their daily lives. My name is Layali, and I'm in sixth
1: grade. I um, like painting and drawing and, and swimming. I am 11 years old. I'm happy because I live in Palestine
2: where Jesus was born. Hi, my name is Hind and I am from Bethlehem area and I am a Christian Palestinian woman. I have two boys and one girl and I am married to a wonderful husband. First, I have a boy. My husband was so happy and proud. and then I had a girl and he was so happy again because we have a special girl and then we had another boy for me it's very special to have a daughter I always say that I am so rich because I have a daughter because she's very close to you you can talk to her you can understand each other but it's very important to have a boy I remember when she was born My mother-in-law was not so happy with that because she was a girl. Not because of Layali, but because she's a girl. To have a girl in our society is not something special because everyone is looking for having a boy to take his father's name and to take his father's money. So this is what the society thinks. But I remember my mother-in-law, she had four girls. That's why she don't like girls. Her mother-in-law gave her a hard time because she has girls so she want me to have boys but now it's starting to change
0: Leali and Hind share what life looks like living under occupation
1: the difference between me and another people in there it is that we can't go easily to the ocean and they can go easily there and they drive there in the car. It makes me feel like a little bit sad because I can't go to the ocean and to places easily.
2: To live in Bethlehem area under occupation is something not easy. For me as a mother, for three kids, I have to think twice or more before I answer any question for my kids. Once I was talking to my son and also to my daughter, Layali, we were talking about why their cousins and their uncle left the country. They went to live in another place. So my son was asking me why I don't have cousins anymore. And he was so sad because we used to live together. You know, they live in the second floor, we live on the third floor. So we eat together, we drink coffee together. She do breakfast, I do lunch, dinner, we eat it together. Like, we eat all the day together, we live together as one family. So when they went outside, my son and everyone in the family was so sad. So he was asking me why. And then I was telling him because they went to find better life why mama why we don't have this better life here and then I was like going through some questions with him that lead me to tell him that the occupation is part of this because uh, and then I realized that he started to have something in his heart against the other side he he said they are the reason why my cousins are not here so he started not to hate, because he's a child, but like, he don't like them anymore. Leali
0: reflects on her extended family emigrating. It would be
1: more fun if my like my whole family lived here. We could play together and, yeah, because half of my family moved away. Do you wish to live also? I want to stay here. I want to
2: live where Jesus was born. Every time I think I want to leave, God give me more ministry here to stay. But to be honest, if God opened the door to leave, it will be very hard to say no. Like my parents, they live here, but they live also outside. So they come here three months, they live outside six months. Now they are not here. Only one brother left here. My other five brother and sister, they are not here. Everyone is not here. Hind
0: discusses more of the complexities involved in raising children under occupation. The contradictions that arise, the questions they have, and
2: the answers she struggles to offer them. We used to go to a nice place, very nice place. We sit under trees and we enjoy our time. But this place is not anymore. We can go to it because it's inside the wall now. It's in the Israeli part. So we can't go there. So they ask us why, because uh, they, it's with them now. So why they took our lovely place? Why we cannot go there anymore? So he start to have this in his heart, like not liking them. And this was bothering me as a mother. I don't like to see my child hating, you know, start to hate or to start to have something in his heart. So for me as a mother, to live under occupation is very sensitive what you s- Say it to your kids. I remember once we were crossing the checkpoint and he was saying, oh, now we crossed the checkpoint. We are in Israel. And everyone around us was looking at him. We don't say Israel. We say that this is the occupied Palestine. So don't mention this word. Everyone was telling him like people I don't know from the don't say Israel this is not Israel because you cannot say it's Israel and and he was like mama what did I say I said mama you should say occupied Palestine you know it's like you you have to think many times before what you teach your children and then he met his friend from the Israeli side and they were drawing a map and they wrote on the map Israel and he was like wow this is occupied Palestine, Mama. You teach me. It's occupied. Islam. And then I have to tell him this is okay for them. It's Israel, so he suffered with that, and he don't understand. Especially smart kids, you have to be so wise what to talk with them.
0: Leali offers a few thoughts on what the occupation means for her.
1: I can't go to the zoo and to the ocean and to my aunt's house. It's hard to go because I miss them.
2: My aunt lives in Nazareth. She often asks me, can we go to Nazareth to visit my aunt and my cousins? But it's very hard to go because then you have to take the buses or either my brother take us because his wife she's foreigner so she can drive inside uh, Israel but usually we take the buses it's very hard takes longer you pay a lot Uh, you take your child from bus to another bus three buses from Bethlehem to reach Nazareth and you change and you have luggage you have gift you have their clothes so it's yeah complicated we usually go maybe once a year or once every two years which is two hours away from here, but it's very hard to go. And also we need special permission to go there.
0: When Hind mentions permission, she is referring to the Israeli permit system which restricts Palestinian freedom of movement, both within the West Bank and between the West Bank and Israel. There are over 100 different types of permits Israel's civil administration uses to restrict Palestinian movement, which includes permits to work, permits to worship at a holy site, permits to give farmers access to their agricultural lands, and holiday permits, among others.
2: I remember once my brother-in-law, he had a heart attack, and he was in the hospital, and my sister, she was calling us, you know, as her family, mom, dad, please come, be with me, but to apply for permission for something like this, you will not get it. You have to apply for a medical date, like to go to see a doctor for yourself. Or if it's Christmas or Easter, to go without a reason, it's very, very hard. And when my brother-in-law was in the hospital, no one of us could go. It's like very, very sad. I don't want to leave my sister alone there also my other brother and my parents. Like, we want to be with her, we want to comfort her, and we are here. You feel more worried about him, what will happen to him. You feel more um, sad for him, for her. You want to help, you can't. It's very strange feeling, you know? It's like, you want to do something, but you can't. It's not in your hand. It's not like you can make the action. You can just drive your car, drive, and then you go. No, it's not like this.
0: On one hand, the occupation hinders movement beyond the wall, separating Hind and her family from her sister, leaving Palestinians landlocked. But the occupation does not just prohibit Palestinians from moving outside their towns. It seeps into their neighborhoods, affecting their personal sense of safety
2: and security. I remember once we were here in our house and then we heard shooting and it was very close. My child, he went to his room and he looked from his window and he saw many soldiers here in the street, shooting, shooting. So he started shouting, mama, they are here, they are here. Like, And he was so scared and I came like, who is here? I, I don't get it. So I came and I saw the soldiers in the street, so I just direct pushed my son down, you know, to be on the floor and he was so scared and uh, Layali was there and the other uh, child I think he was still uh, in his bed. So every one of us was really, you know, scared because we saw them. We hear the shooting, it's very close, it's in the street, very, very close. I remember I lost my mind, I don't know what to do, shall I call my husband? He was in work, so it was in daytime. Shall I call my husband, shall I call my brother to come and help us? No, I have to call them not to come because they are here. I don't know if we have bullets, so I took my kids to the other room and it's... And then my son and my daughter, she was asking, why, why they are here? This is our neighborhood. I don't feel safe to go to play in our neighborhood anymore. What if they come again? What if if anything happened to us or to you or to my dad while he's coming back from his work? It was very hard experience for us. And then how can I explain it for them? What can I say? Okay, mama, they have the right to come anytime. Maybe there is some people they want to take. No, this is not a nice way. What can I say? To be honest, many times I ignore saying anything because I don't have any answers. Many times I um, just say, okay, we talk about it later, and I didn't because I don't find any answer to tell them. How can I explain it? I remember the time of Gaza war, rockets, curfew. at home you hear it, Mm. Uh, you hear the bombing. Once my kids, they had very bad experience. We were collecting olives and it's very fun time for the family, the harvest time. We eat in the garden, we have special food and we play, and we sing special songs, and it's very special time. I remember we were collecting olives, and then every one of us started to have tears in their eyes. And for me, I couldn't breathe anymore. Like, it's like, I can't breathe. And it was very bad that I left my kids in the garden. I I went inside the home because it was tears, and I can't breathe, but I, think I pulled one of them with me, the other they run inside the house to have water. I was going also to call the emergency and we were like inside us, we had a question, what's happened? Why we have the tears? Why everyone can't breathe? And then on the news, it was saying that Israeli helicopter was dropping gas in all our neighborhood. It's like, really, my son, he was asking me, mama, why? We were collecting olives. None of us was doing anything against them.
1: There was like a lot of tears. We couldn't breathe. Like, why?
2: And I have no answers. What shall I say? Okay, they need someone that is a wanted person. So everyone has to die of that. I think my kids experience many things here, other kids in the world they don't experience it. We don't know what to do. Shall we fight? No, we don't fight. We pray. We write. We do peaceful things. What shall we do? How can we go through all of this? How can I teach my kids? What shall I tell them? I don't want them to hate, as I mentioned before. And at the same time, I don't want to teach them wrong things. This is reality. We were collecting olives, and we had gas. I remember in the news it says over a hundred people went to the hospital. So if I call the emergency in that time, no one will come. Hind and
0: Leali share how they respond in these sorts of situations, and how their beliefs
2: influence how they think. It's very hard, but always I love to teach my kids to tell them the story the real story and to teach them to still love each other and you can be part of it by praying or by saying the truth to the other part or to the word, writing or saying it. First as Christian I go to the Bible and I teach my kids that this is a command to love everyone to love our enemies, our neighbors, the people who we can't love. And this is how can we be children of God. This is how can we show that we are the children of God by loving everyone. And second, I try to tell them that not everyone is the same. You cannot say all the Israelis are bad and don't love them, or all the other people are not good. So. There is some people, okay, they are doing stuff, maybe the other are not agree on it, but not everyone is the same. So you cannot include everyone in your heart.
1: My faith helped me to love all the people because God said to love all the people in the whole world.
0: Hind and Leali share where they find hope in spite of the challenges they face.
2: When I drive in my car around Bethlehem area and I see the wall, this building, so I think no hope. Only in prayers and with Jesus we can believe in something good is going to be on. But uh, when you see, I mean, reality and when you see um, truth and things, there is no hope, really. Hope for a lot of people is to leave the country to search for another life. But for us, hope is in Jesus. We believe that we have a message from the Lord to stay here and to be a light for everyone. So we always ask him to give us hope and to comfort us and to help us and to be like our strength. Because alone, it's very hard to do it. Half of my family, they left half of my husband's family, they left. Once I was counting the people who left, 37 people from my family left. It's very sad, very, very sad. I wish we were living in another place and all the family live together because what you own here in Bethlehem is family. More than seven kilometers you cannot drive in your car because then there is a checkpoint. You cannot go many places. So how we fill our time here is family and friends. So when you miss family and friends, it's very hard feeling. We ask Hind and Leali
0: if they have anything else they would like women outside of Palestine to understand about their situation and their lives.
2: We are people who love life. We love life, we don't sit next to our problem and cry, cry, cry. We try to forget so we can go on. You know, as a Palestinian woman, sometimes I find when I say that I am Palestinian, I see in the many foreigners' eyes that, oh, Palestinian, I feel rejected. And this hurt me a lot. And what hurt me a lot also many times that I can't say my country name. So instead of saying I'm from Palestine, I really do, I do, I'm from the Holy Land. Why I I say that? Because I feel rejected as soon as I say I am Palestinian. Really in the news, they don't know that Palestinian people are good. They have hospitality, very nice hospitality you can go to them and they can feed you and you can sleep in their house and they can give you everything from what they have they are lovely people but to live under occupation you cannot just live under occupation and feel nothing or the occupation can not change something inside you you cannot be a normal people trust me I live under occupation. You cannot just say, okay, I live under occupation and I have to be good all the time. It's okay. We have to understand living under occupation. You don't have the same feeling as living without occupation. You can't, you cannot ignore this feeling. You cannot ignore the facts. Occupation and living under life that there is no justice in it. Like, I can't drive in Jerusalem, but my sister-in-law, she's a foreigner, she can't drive in Jerusalem. Come on, this is my country. I want to drive as she drive. I can't be a normal person, you know? No, I have hurt. I have a struggle in my life. I have issues in my life. So, as Palestinian woman, I ask all the world to look at us that we have good hearts, and we are good people, and we love all the people. And I really want to say something. If we have peace, if we have our rights from the Israeli government, and if we can, like, move freely, we can travel freely, we can share this land together, I think we can make it, we can live peacefully.
1: As a Palestinian girl, I love all the people, I uh, love to live in peace, and I, like, don't want people to hate me because I'm a Palestinian.
0: Hinn shares about a local cause she is part of to work among
2: Palestinian Christian youth. My husband and I, we are part of ministry called Life Agapi, International Ministry. we are staffed with Life Agapi since 16 years, and we have project with the students in the schools, our project which we call it Living Stones in My Country. This is how we call it in Arabic. Why living stones? Because we believe we have, in Bethlehem, we have the Nativity Church, and we have the shepherd's field, and it's everywhere you go here in the Holy Land, it's the fifth gospel, we call it, because it helps you to understand the fourth gospels. But our vision is to see living stones. What we do with the students, we take them trips here in Bethlehem. So we go hiking, we go caving, and we go camping to different places, it's very nice, and you see the nature, the springs, hiking in the mountains, and students in age 15, 16, 17. Once I remember we were talking to a student about suicide, and my husband, he mentioned that when he was a teenager, he think of suicide so he asked them how many of you think of suicide they were 18 students in the trip and the 18 students they raised their hand and then he asked how many of you try 16 of them did so we love to be with them to help them to ask them why i am alive what is the purpose of my life And many students here, they lost hope, really. They don't like our area at all. Everyone, they wish to find a chance to leave. They don't enjoy it. So that's why we make trips, to show them that there is still nice places you can go. And this is our vision, to see students that they are living stones that they witness about Jesus as these places witnessed that Jesus was born here and the shepherd's field was here and Jesus was resurrected from death here. We want to be the living stones that tell people about Jesus. So we work now with four different schools.
0: If you would like to support the work that Hind and her family are doing through this organization that seeks to encourage Palestinian Christian youth and maintain a Christian presence in Palestine, you can find a way to do so on our website.
1: Thank you for listening to Hind's Story.
0: If you'd like to learn more about the issues raised in this episode, hear more stories, or connect with us, you can do so through our website at womenbehindthewall.com. If you like what you heard, please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes, share this episode, or drop us a note. Until next time!